Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is episode 3.15, and today we're covering the issue of patience and perseverance. Mm -hmm. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the director of Rekindling Ministries. And my name is Zach Rios, and I'm a Liberty student studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. And then we're continuing in uh, our bringing in guests each week for the studies. And so we have today, uh, this is Andy's first time, but Andy Benton is joining us. Andy took the patient study. We, we did the patient study what did you say, two years ago? Yep, July of 2016. Oh, yeah, so yeah, two years ago, exactly. Um, so it's been a little bit. But uh, So I invited him to come in, and he's taking some of the other unpackings. We're doing a, uh, a Know Thy God study right now. We'll probably drop a little hints of that in subsequent uh, episodes from now. But actually, Zach and Andy both and, and 12 other people are in, are in that study. Uh, so I've known, I've known Andy for, for several years now. Uh, and so, Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. What would you say um, if someone was asking you with some of the like the unpacking studies or the know they God study or the know they self that you did? Uh, what what's something you've taken away from the rekindling studies? What's what's one big thing you've been encouraged by? In generally, or with this particular study? Uh, in general, that in order to really um, grow in our faith, we have to be so intentional about. Um, getting to know the word of God and how it applies to our lives. And it's a, I mean, people can scratch the surface all day long, but you're not going to get those biblical nuggets unless you dig. Right. And that goes back to, we've talked about in the seven stage journey, you can coast in the boat, but you can't coast on the water. Uh, and that's what we're trying Amen. to encourage you know people to do. So, um, all right. So let's do a, a quick recap. So the, this, the, if you, if you've been following season three, in order of all the episodes, um, there's been some super heavy ones. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to lighten up anytime soon, but, um, we were going through, you know, the good and the evil and, and sin and suffering. Um, just this last episode we did on, on grieving. And so it's been a lot of these hard, difficult things, which is, was very intentional that we chose this because a lot of times, you know, this is something that Christians and non-Christians have questions about. Why is there evil and sin and suffering and all that? Um, especially if you have this good sovereign God. And so people have the questions, but it's not always discussed or if it is discussed, maybe kind of cliche answers are given, you know, et cetera. So we really did want to take all those episodes to, to lay all that groundwork down. And so what this study here with the patience and perseverance does is it's, it plays into that. And it's, it's given the fact Mm -hmm. that evil and sin occurs and that suffering occurs. Um, Here's a, a very powerful uh, and we're going to warn you ahead of time, maybe uncomfortable, mm-hmm. not even maybe, probably uncomfortable, yeah, uncomfortable yeah. tool to, to help you with this. Now we mentioned this in the, in the grieving study with, with Vicki, uh, in the last episode for the nature of this, we're focusing in on the patience and perseverance and we're assuming the existence and the mm-hmm. fact of evil, sin and suffering. And we're not going to get into why it occurs that doesn't mean that's not important to us. Yeah. That's why we spent all yeah. those episodes on it. And so one of the things I want to encourage as you're listening right now, if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, um, a lot of times the why, it's, it becomes a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. If you can't wrap your mind, your mind around why a good, powerful, loving God allows all this stuff, it can create some bitterness or some confusion or yeah. doubt or despair or whatever. Um, and so you're not going to be as in more ready a frame of mind to listen to the patient study. Mm-hmm. So I would actually encourage you is to go ahead and stop, go back and listen to those where we actually try to hash out the why, especially in the evil sin suffering, mm-hmm. uh, evil sin episodes, there's what, six or eight of them? Yeah, uh, something like And that. then the suffering episode. 
Um, and in the prayer episode, too, we kind of go in with this. But anyways, go back and listen to those bef- before you listen to this one. Um, so I want to encourage you with that. Um, so we're acknowledging that we're kind of just, it's a given. There, there's a video, you know, we've, we've talked about thebibleproject.com quite a bit and their videos. And, and when they, they do the one on Job, they had a, ver- uh, a statement that they made in there that, that this world was never meant to not have suffering. And I can be kind of a bold statement if you haven't yeah. wrapped your mind around that, but but I really do hold to that that that, that the there is some intent uh, and purpose um, with all of that, and and so but anyway, so the this this study today is going to give you some uh, tool to equip you to handle <laughs> right, mm-hmm. Just, you know, and so actually the grieving is a tool too. So when when the the sin and evil and suffering all occurs, there's grieving that takes place. That was in the last episode. There's patience and perseverance that takes place. Is what we, you know we'll, we'll get into this one down the road. We're going to get into judgment and punishment. We're also going to get into forgiveness and mercy, also grace. We're going to cover a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways. So that's just like uh, I wanted to reference that. Given that the grieving study was just the past one, the one that we, we just did, Zach, go ahead and give us a quick recap of what were some of the highlights from the grieving study. Okay. Yeah, and with the grieving study, something that we really talked about was how grieving is actually a part of the recovery process. And so it was almost more of a recovery episode than just a specific yes. grieving one. Yep. Um, but so one of the things that we talked about is something that happens when you're grieving and bad happens is we tend to land in one of five different spots, sometimes a combination. Um, but we describe this as a tabletop with these five corners or like a mountain that you land on. Yeah, like, like, like a big, like flat mm-hmm. tabletop mountain. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so you land and you land in one of these different corners and the different corners, you could be discontent. You could be sad about what's going on. You could be concerned. You could just have a lack of understanding, like not know what's going on. uh, Or you could be disconnected. And so those different things aren't actually wrong. Like it's not sinful for you to be discontent. It's part of the process. yeah, Yeah. When bad things happen. But what we talked about is you land in a little pool of water but the problem is that those things spiral into other things. And so discontent, as you get into this river that just starts building, it leads to anger. And that is something that we do want to be avoiding. Sadness can lead to despair. And real quick, so in each of these corners, so the idea is that you land in that corner and mm-hmm. you're discontent or sad or what, or you land in multiple corners. Sure, yeah. And the goal is to actually move into the middle, which you're going to discuss mm-hmm. in a second. Um, but that's not automatic. Yeah. Typically, as a human, when you land in the corner and then you actually start to fall off the edge down that river that you were talking about. Yeah. And so um, if you're concerned, that can lead to fear. Lack of understanding can lead to a false reality. If you're disconnected with your feelings, that can lead to apathy. Mm -hmm. So further down, that's where the actual problems really start happening. So what we want to be doing, what you just alluded to, is we want to be moving towards the middle and we want to move towards the rope ladder of recovery. And so with that, uh, grieving is something that is a part of that. Really, this study fits in with perseverance being a part of that whole process. But we talked about 10 specific rungs that may or may not be a part of, depending on what's going on, you may have to do these things, you may not have to Mm -hmm. do these things. Um, And they may go in different orders. Yeah. Yeah. But we kind of laid these out as a framework that you can use to think about. And so the first thing, if you are in that suffering because you've done something sinful, then you should repent. (laughs) Right. Change. Yeah. So you need to change your mind to agree with God about whatever that thing is. Yeah. And that's kind of the first rung that you have to climb. If you're in 
I'm not going to get into all of the details of this because I could spend a long time discussing this. But basically, so you could repent. If it's a situation where God's trying to just shape you and mold you, you may need to transform. Uh, it also can be healthy. Another rung is grieving, uh, being comforted, finding peace. Uh, another rung is just recognizing all of the different things that we can have hope in mm-hmm. and allowing that to really impact mm-hmm. your mindset and where you're at with your perspective, finding joy in the things that you do have mm-hmm. and uh, just that whole concept. Strength is a part of this. Forgiveness can actually be a part of this depending on what's been going on. Yeah. Um, just releasing others of their uh, requirement to pay you back and that sort of thing. And then also compensation. If you've done something wrong, uh, we talk about all of those in a lot more detail right. in the last episode. But that's basically the overview that when we start the grieving process, it's not a bad thing to be discontent or sad or concerned or not understand what's going on or be a little bit disconnected. Right. But we don't want to stay there because when we stay there, that leads to problems. Right. We need to start climbing this rope ladder yep. of recovery. And I think most of these rungs we either ha- have done or are going to do an actual episode just on that mm-hmm. you know, that specific yep. topic. Um, and, and we, and we discussed last week, um, we, we referenced the flight fight persevere, uh, where, so as, as you're, as you're recovering from the suffering issue, that, that it may be a flight, you know, answer, maybe a fight answer, maybe a persevere answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the rungs are still there regardless of the response. Yeah. And so now we're, we're going to get, we're going to get more into that. Uh, you know, and so the, the flight, so and we're going to explain this again. We're going to repeat ourselves. Back in season one, when we did the spiritual lenses, one episode one point zero six was the flight, fight, persevere lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're actually going to end up uh, re- reiterating a lot of that. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and get into what um, patience and perseverance is all about. And I already mentioned this once. I'm going to mention it again. Um, I think that this is a very uh, powerful concept like mm-hmm. once i actually begin to unpack it i'm like oh i can actually see where this is a good beneficial mm-hmm. thing this is more of a sour than a sweet mm-hmm. going back to you know yeah. season one um but so i just want to warn you guys ahead of time that you you may not like where this goes but i want i want to be able well your flesh yeah. <laughs> isn't going to like it yeah. but i hope that your spirit actually will understand oh i'm i understand now why god is patient and why i'm supposed to be patient that's one of the goals of this but what we want to acknowledge that as you, as you're listening to cuz i've gotten some feedback in the past about some of the episodes like with the flight fight persevere people weren't as nuts about it mm-hmm. um, cuz they didn't like some of the implications and so I want to encourage people to listen through all of it, and hopefully we can lay it out in such a way that they can, you can better understand. Uh, and I think, actually, um, the other thing to keep in mind is, ah, man, this will get in the application. Are we supposed to be patient 100% of the time? I don't think the answer to that is yes. I think that patience would seem to be the, one of the default things that we're supposed to do. But we'll go back to flight, fight, persevere, because patience and perseverance are basically synonyms, biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's a time to fight, a time to flee, and a time to show perseverance, that means there's actually a time for patience. So just we'll, we'll, so let's come back to that when we get towards the end, and, and, and we'll figure out how will we answer that question. Are we supposed to be patient 100% of the time? So when you guys remind me when, when we get to the, to the final, final section. Um, all right, so with that, we're going to do it like, like we, we do these unpacking studies. We're going to start with the wording of everything. Uh, I'm going to pull up my, my document here. So when we did the study two years ago, uh, as always with these unpackings, we, we pick first what are all the different words that we need to look up 
in the scriptures and 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 study them. And so when I put the list together, um, the, uh, we have patient and long suffering, slow to anger, impatient, uh, to wait, to endure to persevere, and also to suffer. Now, because what's interesting is sometimes when the Bible uses the term suffer, it's actually just simply just mean to endure. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, so like I had to suffer through that movie. Um, so there's kind of a weird, uh, a weird usage there. Yeah. But anyways, this ended up being one of the smaller studies. So all, all those word groupings came out to a total of 406 times, 203 in the Old Testament, uh, 203 in the yeah. New Testament. That's it, interesting. It was an even, yeah, was an even split, which I've never seen before, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, shows you that it's actually mentioned with more frequency in the New Testament yeah. since it's a, you know, that's a smaller, smaller section. But anyway, so only 406 times. We've had studies that a lot of them run between like 12 and 1,400 mentions. Um, but we've had some studies that around two or three thousand mentions. So the fact that this is only four hundred and six is, is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, so, so, so that was the the um, the word selection that we chose. So going through the um, we're gonna go through the Hebrew and the Aramaic words first. Then we'll go through the Greek. So if this is your first time listening to, to one of these unpackings, we were identifying all the, the the first you know the words that we want to look up. We use the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, for these these studies. Then we then we get into what are all the actual Hebrew and Greek words that are used, in, you know, translated in, into English, what are they? So we use the Strong's Concordance system and, and mm-hmm. all that. And it's actually very, very telling when you get into the, what the actual words mean. And so, so you have the, the definitions of the word themselves and then the context, right? All this stuff kind of uh, plays in together. Yeah. So as we go through this list, um, just be listening, and you're going to hear a lot of repetition. That's kind of the, kind of the point of this section. It's just it's just this page or two of all all these words. Um, but we want to you know what what do you what keeps coming up? So we're gonna go through it and, and then we'll talk about some of our, our observations. Um, and then as always, we give a qualification for this. None of us are are biblical language experts. Mm-hmm. We're kind of street, uh, yeah. the street level. And so when, when we're gonna pronounce these, we're gonna do our best to pronounce them right. It's guaranteed we're not, but we'll try. And we all agreed that this list was harder than some of the previous lists that we've read. Yeah, I don't remember more difficult I, pronunciation. I so I a- Andy, welcome to, to uh, this world. So, um, all right, so one of the words in the Hebrew is the word arek. Um, and it comes from the word meaning to, to be long or to drawn out. And so it mean, it's, the word itself means long, slow, patience, or slow to anger. Also, we found the word la, which is to be wearied, grieved, exhausted, to try the patience of or be impatient. Next, we have katsar, uh, which is to dock off, curtail, make short. Um, also to harvest, reap, or limited, impatient, or annoyed. And so let me make a comment on that real quick. So the, so the Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew language um, has a, a fewer words in its vocabulary. So a lot of words actually have to have multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're related. Sometimes they're not. But even in the word that you just read, Andy, so the, to, to dock off or to curtail or to cut or make short, right? So it can also mean to harvest or reap. Do you see how that makes sense? Because like you're cutting the the grain, yeah. and then it had to be limited, impatient, or annoyed. Do you think that also is connected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and how is it connected? Either one of you. Well, I mean, think of the the practical, um, um, real life circumstances where you know somebody's talking and they get cut off. You know that could be annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's what's being cut off here is your patience. So so that that's why this word means an. The, this word doesn't mean patient. This word actually means your patience has been cut off, and now you're annoyed. Right. Right kind of thing. So, cool. All right, let's keep going. 
We also looked up damam, which is to be silent or wait. Chaka, which is also to wait. Uh, Yakul, which means to wait expectantly or to hope. Uh, Kava, which is to wait, hope, expect, linger for. Sabar, which is to wait, hope, and look for. So you can see where a lot of those have kind of the same the same meaning. So those are the Hebrew and the Aramaic. And then going back to the Greek, we see one of the main ones is the macrothumeo. And in different forms, macrothumeo, macrothumia, macrothumos. These are like noun, adjective kind of deal. Um, but it comes from the words meaning long and then passionate or indignant. And so combining them together, it means to be long-spirited or to be forbearing or patient, to be long-suffering, to bear offenses or injuries, to persevere, to be slow to anger. Uh, we also looked up anekome, which is to hold oneself up against, bear with, endure, or tolerate. The next was thlebo, which is to press or afflict, or to suffer distress or injury. That was a good pronunciation. Uh, and then kakopatheo, uh, it means to suffer evil or endure hardship. And then Pashko, which is to suffer or endure. Pathema, which is suffering or afflictions. Stego, to cover closely, put a roof over, to bear up under, to endure, to cover with silence. Sukapatheo, which is to join with in suffering or hardship. And real quick on the stego, I just realized, so the macrothumeo word and the stego word both actually show up in the 1 Corinthians 13 passage on love. So love is patient, it's the macrothumeo, and then it bears all things is the stego. Okay, next we have omai, which is to endure ill treatment or adversity. If you say it with confidence, <laughs> no one <laughs> no, will know. You, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have sumpasho, uh, uh, which means to suffer with. We also have hupomeo, which is to stay behind, remain, or endure. Hupamone, which is to remain behind, patiently endure, remain steadfast, or persevere. And then hupofermo, which means to bear up under or patiently endure. And, and even there, like to bear up under, it's almost like, like you're under that bow or underwater even. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Some, something's on top of you, afflicting you, pressing you down. Mm-hmm. And, and notice that these words say remain. Yeah. We also looked up animeo, which is to await. Apectecomai, which is to eagerly await. And ectecomai, to receive or take, or to expect or wait. Meno, which is to stay, abide, or remain. Paramano, which is to wait for. Uh, Prostecomai, to receive to oneself, or accept or wait. And prostakeo, which is to watch, look for, expect, or wait. So one of the things is, in English... Patient can simply mean to wait, which is why we, that's why we have those words in there. Mm-hmm. It seems that biblically it's more than that. Yeah. So there is the element of if one is patient, one is waiting. Um, but the more seems to be is to be to it, it's to endure the bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, we we kind of spoiler alert. One of the short the shortest definition of biblical patience basically is let bad happen to you. And, and well, no, you know, that's why it's a dirty word in Christianity. Um, but we're, we're going to get more into that. Yeah. And it is interesting to me how a lot of times uh, the Bible does, like you were just saying, it adds in the idea of it's patient 
and enduring despite difficulty. Right. Like that's even one of the ways that Assumed. Paul uses love yeah, uh, with yeah. the word patient. It's But it includes the difficulty right in there. Like it's not just, yeah, you know, just be patient. It actually includes what you're being patient in the midst of, yep, which is interesting. And there's purpose to that, which we're going to get yeah. into as we go through all this. So, so yeah, so, so we identify what all the words we need to look up in, in the text, and then what are all the Hebrew and Greek actual words behind those. Then another thing that we do to make sure that we're, we're, we're staying on track is we look up, we usually use Webster and or Farlex dictionaries, um, and we look up each of these words that we were seeing in, in those de- in, in the definitions, and we want to make sure let's, let's unpack these a little bit as well. So the dictionary definitions, um, we have patient or patience, and it means bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint, steadfast despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity, able to remain calm and not become annoyed when waiting for a long time or when dealing with problems uh, or difficult people, bearing or enduring uh, some pain, difficulty, provocation, or annoyance, and doing so with calmness, tolerance, and understanding without haste or impulsiveness. There's a lot there. There's a I lot there, tell yeah. you what. Uh, we also looked up forbearance, which is a refraining from the the enforcement of something such as like a debt or your rights or an obligation that's due. And it's also the quality of someone who is patient and able to deal with a difficult person or situation without becoming angry. It's to choose not to do something that you could do. It's to avoid doing or saying something. It's also tolerance and restraint in the face of opposition. I like that. Up next, we have persevere or perseverance, which is to persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. Read that one again. So to persevere or perseverance is to persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. And then to endure or endurance means to undergo, such as a hardship, especially without giving in, to regard with acceptance or tolerance, to continue in the same state, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. So we're seeing again more of this repetition of its remaining in the midst of some bad. But now we get to see another cool point that we're going to come back to. It's with strength, Hmm. you know, so. Yeah, and then also we have to bear with, which is to support a weight or strain. It's to accept or allow oneself to be subjected to, especially without giving way, and to put up with something. So suffer would be to sustain loss or damage, to submit to or be forced to endure, to feel keenly, and to permit or allow. And then to stand means to endure or undergo successfully to tolerate without flinching to remain firm in the face of to engage or encounter so what i want to say here um all of this language of remain in the bad we assume that if you remain in the bad it begins to decay you and we 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 conflate we bring those two together Hmm. what we're saying what we're seeing is no so one can remain in the midst of the bad and yet not decay. They're remaining strong, steadfast, firm, whatever. And so this is difficult, um, but that's the idea of, no, we're not. So patience isn't telling you to remain in bad and be decayed by it. It is telling you to remain in the bad in the moment, um, but be strong and, and, and resistant. 
Mm-hmm. We also looked up wait, which is to stay in place and expectation of. And so just that idea of having an expectation. Right. And yeah. And you're, you're something else is coming. The, the, the point is not just to sit in the bad for the sake of that. There's more to it. Being steadfast. The, the word steadfast is unchanging, unswerving, unwavering, undetermined in purpose. And then to tolerate or show tolerance to is to refrain from interfering with or prohibiting something undesirable or outside one's own practice or beliefs, to allow or permit, to accept or be patient regarding something unpleasant or or undesirable, to recognize and respect the rights, beliefs, or practices of others. So a little point on this, in today's political and, and religious climate, Sometimes people want to equate to tolerate or show tolerance is to approve of or agree with. It's not really what it means. It's you're accepting the reality of it, even if you don't agree with it. And so it changes the tone a bit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, also we looked up accept, which is to endure without protest or reaction, or it can be to give admittance or approval to. And so there, there is a difference there. One is you're not uh, reacting to it. You're not actively fighting against it. The other is you actually agree with it. And right. So that's the difference there. Yep. Yep. So, so those are the, the words that we looked up, and, and we've, we've already kind of made some observations. But what do you guys have as you, as you look? Like I think, you know, Andy, back when you, when you first did this study, or even now as we go through these lists, um, and you're looking at the Hebrew and the Greek and the English, and like, what's, what's jumping out at you? What, what's, uh, what's something that kind of catches your eye? One thing that really uh, stuck out to me, even just reading these English definitions, is how our common perception of the word patience and perseverance and all the rest doesn't include the same extent as the actual definitions do. Like Hmm. patience is the English definition of patience is bearing or enduring pain, difficulty, provocation or annoyance. And that's normally where we stop. We just say, okay, yeah, it's bearing or enduring those things. But the definition of that is doing that with calmness, Mm. tolerance, understanding, without haste or impulsiveness. And that's just, it goes a whole lot deeper than we tend to do just speaking English and talking to one another. And that's probably a better picture of what scripture is painting, as we're going to find out, that definition here. But we don't even go that far right? in the English language. And so it's just interesting how um, easy it is to take such a surface level of patience and not actually go to the depth it's supposed to be. And this is, um, this is a spectrum issue that if you're more black and white, your two options are you either fully agree with something or you fight it. Patience doesn't fit in either one of those camps. It's somewhere in between. So this shows the importance of thinking things on a spectrum and a continuum. There's actually something, um, something more to that. We're chuckling right now because we have a fourth guest in, in the uh, studio, uh, Ghost, and um, Ghost is just getting ornery right now. Um, anyway, so so Andy, what, what what are your thoughts? What's some of your observations from this from the from the wording so far? You had mentioned a basic definition previously of um, letting bad happen to you and. Even as we were going through the Hebrew and Greek, 
uh, words that uh, were looked up. And although it had a shorter or smaller amount of them in comparison to some other studies, how there were these rec uh, like recurring threads and uh, words of, of course, we were specifically getting into suffering and enduring, but um, the, the different words associated with that and how um, it really is something that goes against the grain. It's not something mm -hmm. our flesh yeah. would want to do. So it's going to be something that has to be very intentional to be patient. Okay, so let's let's camp on that just for a minute. Um, that's not even the notes, but you said it's so patience is something that goes against the grain of our human nature. Exactly. So patience is something. Well, we we know that the scripture would teach that you have to go as a follow. You know, if you're going to apply the details of the Bible to the details of your life, if you're going to try to actually follow God in as as mature a way as you can, which is a lifelong process then absolutely it's going to include going against the grain. Amen. So, so for example, um, I think most Christians would, would agree with us. If we, if we said something like, like listen, if you want to be a follower of God, um, snorting cocaine four nights a week, we, I get the physical rush. Right? I understand that the chemical and mental reaction that comes from cocaine, cocaine and why somebody would want to snort it in the rush they get. But... Um, you, you have to go against that grain and go against that, you, you, that your body's desire to get that rush. You have to go against that grain and resist it. There's a healthier way to go. And Christians would say, yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely you need to go against the grain with stuff like that. But then if we bring up patience, especially the way that we're describing it here, we don't want to do it. Right. But we've already under, we've already agreed to the principle that there's elements of the Christian living and that mature Christian living that you have to go against the grain. And so this is this is another one of those tough examples um, that I don't know. I, you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I think a part of it is we as Christians are really willing to do the counterfeit version of patience which is just the really surface level, like just kind of waiting mm -hmm. without the um, correct motivation and heart position behind it. Right. We're, we're okay with like, mm, fine. Yep. We're just going to sit here and wait and it's not fun. I hate this. Uh, it's one of the fruit of the spirit. So I'm going to do it, but, mm, and just being angry about things and not actually having the right motivation behind it. But we call that patience. Right. So there's actually three points there. So you, you, it's to wait or remain. Mm -hmm. Point two, in the midst of some trial. And then point three, without anger or bitterness or resentment and with yeah. tolerance, acceptance, et cetera. And so all we do is like we'll wait, but we really don't want to wait in the midst of any kind of trial. And if we are going to go ahead and go that far and wait in the midst of the trial, we sure is going to make sure that we're bitter as we do it, mm -hmm. right? And not with this acceptance and calmness, et cetera. I also think of um, how Bonhoeffer talked about the easy believism and how if we're not careful in our faith that we can um, cheapen uh, the grace and the salvation and the aspects of that, that there is a cost. And this aspect of it, it absolutely is going to require suffering on our part, which is not popular, yeah. especially in today's philosophies and theologies, but yep. it's a reality of scripture. Yep. We've talked a lot about, you know, sweet and sour. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, you know, good is something beneficial, evil is something detrimental. So, to be patient is absolutely beneficial. We're going to get into the benefits later on. And, and, and this was, we went through the study. I slowly got my mind changed, 
right through the course of the study. And it really was the benefits that were the strongest one for me. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this, this changes things a bit. So it's very, very beneficial. This is absolutely a sour, not a sweet. And it probably is one of the more sour sours in the Christian living. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, what in the world is sweet and sour? We've taught, we, we use that phrase a lot. Sweet is a beneficial good that makes you smile. Sour is a beneficial good that makes you wince. And so patience is like the definition of sour. It's a beneficial good. We're going to get into that in a little bit here. It is a beneficial good that absolutely is going to make you wince. But the wincing isn't a reason to not do it. Mm -hmm. So so looking at that, when when we first put the study together, I put like an initial potential definition of of what patience is just from the wording. We hadn't even looked at the verses yet. Um, And so what I wrote here was a patient endurance uh, and so, and by the way, you see where patience and perseverance and endurance are all pretty much synonyms of each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, patient endurance or perseverance is allowing any kind of difficult thing to happen without anger or complaint, refraining from enforcing what may be do or right with understanding, tolerance, and calmness, remaining firm and unflinching. So actually, you can almost do a fourth thing. It's to wait or remain in the midst of some trial, difficulty, whatever. Um, oh, you almost do five. So it's to wait or remain mm-hmm. in the midst of some difficulty, trial, etc., um, without any anger, bitterness, resentment, etc., with calmness, tolerance, da-da-da, um, and then also remaining firm and strong and not weakened or decayed in the midst of it. Yeah. And I think that that's a whole lot more cohesive and comprehensive and a lot more difficult to actually live out. Oh, very much so. Uh, Just doing all those things, a lot of times it's easy to just pick a couple. Like maybe, okay, I'm not going to be angry, um, but it's going to drain me. And so like, I I can definitely see how even for me it's easy to say I will persevere and I'll do it kind of with the right attitude, but it's not going to actually have the full completeness that it should. So that brings up a good point. You know, we, we've said a lot in these studies, baby stepping, mm-hmm. a big, big fan of baby stepping and just forcing yourself to go from zero to 60 typically doesn't work. So this is a good point here that in the application of this, you may actually go, I, I would, I would encourage somebody to go ahead and break it up into its smaller components and just let yourself add one of those components to it at a time, knowing that that's still not the full rendering of it. But as long as you keep like, you know, you get kind of good at that, then you add the next element, that next, next element over a couple of years, then you could actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would totally be okay with someone taking that approach. Yeah. But that's how I've done it. <laughs> well, you know, not, that's not, that's how I, I am trying to do it. I, I have not <laughs> arrived on the the patience one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so then, so then, so that that's the the wording, and then an, another thing we talk about sometimes the unpackings is like how much the un, all these different unpacking studies overlap with each other. They're all like interconnected. There's times when when we're going through some unpacking study and we get to this tough point that like none of us in the group had ever ever really been taught or was even counter to what we've been taught, and we're like, oh, but that's not what I've always been taught, and so we're a little wary to buy into it. We've learned over time you really need to trust these unpacking studies because they tend to they tend to be right in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but so sometimes we'll, we'll be wary, and so like with wariness, we'll say, okay, maybe that is part of it. I, I don't know for sure, and we'll kind of leave it hanging. And then like uh, six months later, we're doing another unpacking study on some other topic, and it'll actually come back to that issue from like another direction and come to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, I 
I guess it is something, right? So, so with that, it's good to bring in some of the other topics. Which, and even with that, just this is kind of a complete side note, but that's a good uh, method for when you're studying scripture is to not just take whatever idea you come up with. Uh, and when you are going and studying scripture, even if you have a good uh, method, like mm-hmm. the unpacking process going through, mm-hmm. looking at all the different things, not just taking the first thing that you think of and saying, nope, this is true. But letting scripture interpret scripture, and so having right, a right. later study come back and and influence what you've already been studying, just that, yeah, is something good that I wanted to. Yeah, comment I on. um, we just did the judgment punishment study a couple months ago, and we'll we'll be recording it in, in a month or two. Uh, it it actually changed some of my theology and understanding of scripture. So you'll never fully arrive, and mm-hmm. it's possible that years from now we'll lis- listen back to some of these unpackings. Not that it'll be totally wrong, but we'll definitely have missed something. Yeah, just the um, different nuance of yep. things. And uh, and sometimes a substantive nuance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we always want to be flexible with that. So so some of the, um, there's kind of three that we wanted to bring up. One is love. And so we've already done the unpacking on love. That was earlier this season, one of the, one of the first ones. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I anyway, don't remember which one. The... Um, Anybody who's, who has taken any of my classes for any length of time knows that like love is my big, big thing. Everything result, revolves through that. Uh, glory and anger and all these things all have to be bounced off against love before we can conclude anything. Um, and so you can go back and listen to the love study. It's, it's super intense and super encouraging. Um, I've been right, in the, right now I'm in the middle of the Nova Self season for the, uh, the summer, and we're doing a bunch of mappings. And so one of the things that we do in the mappings is we... Um, we have people try to break down what the understanding of love is. And when you do, and you actually start listing everything out, it's intense, but yeah. it's awesome, right? It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so love comes, uh, comes a long way in here. And just to kind of just say super quick, the, like, so what is love? Um, if you remember the verse from Mark 12, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's a good way to remember the definition of love, mm-hmm. that there's the heart element, the soul element, the mind element, and the um, the strength element. And so what does that mean? The heart element is all the emotion, emotional parts of love, affection, delight, treasuring, etc. The soul is like the, the willful choice, the intentional choice to be committed unconditionally to somebody. Mm-hmm. The mind is all about the the disposition you have toward the object of love. So you're patient with it, you want good for it, etc. Um, and then the strength is the active contribution to well being. So the serving, providing for, training, you know, uh, etc. Uh, and so in that love study. Um, and even like with first Corinthians 13, there's a very powerful verse in there when it's, you know, it says love is patient. So patient is definitely a component of love. Um, and then it says love is not irritated. Hmm. And I know in the NIV, which I do love the NIV. I grew up on the NIV, the the 1984 uh, version. It says love is not easily angered. And so it came as a bit of a surprise to me when I first got into like the Greek and Hebrew to find that easily is not in the Greek. Um, and, and even angered, angered is, is anger is orge or thumos, anger and wrath in the Greek. Um, I can't remember what this word is, but it means something slightly different. So irritated is the better, the better rendering. Um, but love does not let itself get irritated. Hmm. And, you know, and then later on in the passage it says love does not keep record of wrongs. So one of the things that love does is it looks past the wrong in the moment and, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean it ignores it by the way, yeah. right? But it looks past the wrong in the moment, and it doesn't let itself get irritated by that wrong. 
so that it has a clear vision to go do all these other things. And so this, this is why patience becomes such a big deal is that, that as part of that love and part of that patience is to remain away from the anger, the bitterness, the, the resentment, et cetera. Um, so, so, so the, the patient and love definitely overlap in a bunch of ways. Yeah. And then, uh, another kind of concept that we think really plays a part into this is just mercy and compassion and forgiveness, which we're going to do an unpacking of in a, in a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk more about this, but just a little uh, sneak peek of what we're going to be discussing there. Basically, mercy, compassion, and forgiveness, they're all related. And what they all basically are is a deep, sympathetic awareness of another person's distress with a desire to alleviate it. And Mm -hmm. so it's being aware of another person sympathetically and then wanting to alleviate whatever that distress is. And then it's also a lenient treatment of the offender, which this is probably more of the forgiveness and mm-hmm. mercy, uh, able to deal patiently with that difficult person or a difficult situation, whatever it may be, giving up any resentment against or anger toward whatever it is that's going on, releasing them from any obligation of penance or punishment and absolving them from any debt. And so there's a lot there and we're going to unpack that more when we have a whole episode devoted to it. But just, uh, I, I will say this, and I'm sure you have something to add. Yeah. Uh, just the biblical picture of forgiveness is radical. Yeah. And if we as believers, if I as a believer in Christ actually were to do that with the people around me, all of my relationships would change. Absolutely. And it, it's just incredible when you actually let the cross impact your relationship with others the way it should how just deeply uh that changes everything Mm -hmm. yeah i really hope that you guys listen to the to the mercy compassion forgiveness study um episode when when we record it it's it's gonna be really really good um and i was thinking too uh you know love is sacrificial and to make a sacrifice entails some sort of loss or pain and so it shows why patience is necessary. Another related concept is anger. And um, with that, it can be an intense kindled emotion coupled with aggressive hostility towards some wrongdoer or wrongdoing. Um, anger that God on occasion uses for a very specific purpose, whether to stagger or destroy. And um, anger, which man is not able to use well, um, of course, uh, we did a study on anger, which I don't believe you've done the unpacking. We haven't. No, we haven't recorded it yet, though. No. And um, that's that's a tricky one because I wanted to come into that thinking what uh, was popular in belief before really diving into the scripture and did change. But is anger really righteous? Well, this is absolutely something that man struggles with, and there's a lot of scripture to reinforce that. But uh, with this, it's um, scripture teaches us that while we must allow ourselves to experience anger. Because it is a part of our human DNA. Mm -hmm. We are not allowed to act on it in any way and rather must rid ourselves of it as soon as it arises. I mean, a note that I made from um, this actual study on patience in regard to the related concepts of both love and anger. um, I don't um, remember who I got it from, but it says here, anger can stop a sinner in the moment, but love can transform the sinner over time. I love that. So a couple, couple notes on that. At the end of the last episode in Grieving, we finished with our next episode is going to be Anger. And then we went to record it, 
and and Zach and I decided not to. So so you were in the anger side. I think there's only like just four or five of us in that study, but um, we did a couple. It was a couple years ago too, right? Yeah, it was actually June of 2016, right before okay. the study on patience. So what what I decided was I wanted to to update that study. So this fall we're actually gonna. Um, repeat the anger unpacking as a study as a four to six week study i think it's going to come up with the same answers but maybe maybe we'll get a little more out of it because because back two years ago the format was a little different and how we did the unpacking and i want to update it a bit so i decided to wait on that and so we're going to redo the actual unpacking study and the early part of the fall and then we'll record the episode later in the fall so we are we are going to record it what i will say uh is is this um I think you, I think you touched on this, Andy, but the, the the idea of the righteous anger and man, so I know that like I, you know I got friends of mine that sometimes kind of like raise their eyebrows some of the stuff that I say and, and some of the stuff that that I teach um, and like I don't know about that, Shannon, and I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to make this up. I'm also not trying to like just what I want to believe. It was coming across certain verses that I was like, huh, if that verse actually means that then we can't conclude this, which is what we've always concluded. And so, and then like, like I mentioned a minute ago, all these unpacking start to reinforce each other. So like here in the patient study, you notice there were multiple times that it says to refrain from anger or bitterness or irritation or resentment or whatever. Um, and when we did the anger study, I, I couldn't get past Paul's language in Ephesians 4 where he says, rid yourself of all anger. Um, eliminate all, and it's all pos. Um, now, this is this is about eight or nine verses after the in your anger do not sin or be angry and sin not. We're going to go into all this in the in this in the anger study, but we actually got into so that's a quote from the proverb or from Psalms. We went look that back up. We looked at actually the grammar. It's a passive imperative. What does that mean? And anyways, and then there's a bunch of passages about um, anger resides in the bosom of fools and all these things. And I kept, and, and oh, like in Galatians 5, it says one of the acts of flesh is anger. And again, the NIV says outbursts of anger, but outbursts isn't in the Greek. It just says anger, orge. Um, and, and I'm like, man, it's telling us that we shouldn't be angry. Um, now, does that mean anger is a sin? No, because God gets angry and God doesn't sin. But it seems that it's a sin, maybe, this is controversial, but listen to the anger study, but it may be a sin when man uses anger. And then people always, like you said, always want to bring up righteous anger, but we actually could not find the phrase righteous anger anywhere in the text. That's right. And that was all like, you know, again, I think all of us in that study grew up with the idea of absolutely righteous anger. And so it was a little bit surprising and disconcerting to find that that term never actually shows up in Scripture. Um, anyway, so all that to say, we're, with this patient study, and, and, and notice the slow to, the slow to anger uh, language. Um, we're going to get, I think a little more into that. Um, remind me if by the end of the study, we haven't talked about slow to anger, what it means, and then I'll bring it up. Um, but anyways, that slow to anger and releasing of any anger, it definitely becomes a, um, uh, a component of patience. And so, so when we, so the study, the anger study actually agreed with the impatient study of don't be angry. <laughs> right. 
Um, all right, so those were those were some of the the the, the concepts that that overlap very much with the idea of uh, of patience. And so, a potential uh, an initial con- conclusion that we came up, um, at least initially, um, from all that stuff, uh, is that because of that love and seeing how all this stuff plays in together, we should go against the grain. Hmm. Um, in in these these acts of patience and let bad happen to us, but remain strong, you know, in that. Uh, and so we're gonna we'll come back more to this when we get to the actual summary of all of it. So so those are all the initial thoughts. Um, and so then we actually headed into the verses themselves. And so the way that I had when we first did the study, I'd actually split it. So we, we put together the passages that talk about God's patience and perseverance. This actually becomes a really strong argument. Of for why we should as well. So it's like it was, it was the combination of God is very patient and patience is very beneficial that really started to convict me that, that I needed to, to do it more. And so there's a whole bunch of verses there, but we're, we're going to read three of them right now. So one of them is from Psalm 103, and it's a little bit longer, but, but I'm going to go, it's verses 2 to 14. I'm going to go ahead and read all of it. This, is, this passage is actually one that I repeat to myself on a fairly regular basis. Personally, where I'm at in my life is I'm trying to overcome my uh, perfectionism, and and, and I'm, a, I'm a number one reformer in the Enneagram, and so I don't like it when wrong is occurring. Uh, and so I find this passage actually very, very um, uh, encouraging and, and, and strengthening. So, so Psalm 103, um, verses 2 to 14. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. The, the God who pardons all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit, who crowns me with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies my years with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. And then in verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Uh, that was that was a cool a cool thing. Um, and then in verse ten, there he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those uh, who fear him. For he himself, this is, this is the main part, for he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. Hmm. And so it, it shows that he is loving and compassionate and gracious and patient, looking past our iniquities and sins because he recognizes we're made of dust. And dust people do dust things we're not condoning the dust things we're just being tolerant and accepting of it in the moment because we're made of dust and i find that very encouraging and we're really recognizing that they're going on right uh is you're not denying what you're getting at there yeah um another verse that we looked up is romans 2 4 and i'm just going to read uh starting at the beginning of chapter 2 just to get some context it's talking about God's righteous judgment, and it says, Therefore, any one of you who judges is without excuse. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the same things. We know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. Do you really think any one of you who judges those who do such things and do the same, so any of you that are being hypocrites, that you will escape God's judgment? And this is the key verse here, verse 4. 
Or do you despise the riches of God's kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your hardness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. So even there, a little bit um, seeing that when we're using wrath and anger, that it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the more important crux of what we were getting at there is that God's kindness, restraint, and patience is intended to lead people to repentance. And so that's really why. Uh, Say that again. God's uh, kindness, restraint, and patience is intended to lead you to repentance. And Andy, read that quote that you read just a second ago. Anger can stop a sinner in the moment, but love can transform the sinner over time. So do you see the connection there? That this love and this patience is actually what's what can, not a guarantee, what can transform somebody over time. And that's one of the ultimate goals is that people transform. Mm-hmm. And so we can't be looking just at in the moment. We have to be looking at the bigger picture. Yeah, and uh, even in that verse, it's do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience? And so it's even saying, Paul's saying here that the riches, the end result of these things is a good thing, even though uh, obviously it's difficult in the moment. moment, uh, The end result is great, and it's leading people to repentance. So it's just a really cool, really cool thing there. Mm -hmm. In this last portion of Scripture um, in regard to God's patience and endurance, we're going to be reading out of second Peter three, nine through 15. And, um, keep in mind that time is another concept that is throughout this portion where uh, we see how, uh, as I'm about to read, uh, God is patient towards like in, in the various moments of our lives, but, um, things are going to come in the future. Nobody wakes up and thinks that they're going to die, that today is the day, but none of us knows if that's the case or not. So it can catch us off guard. And um, there's a lot of waiting involved with this, especially towards the end. So keep that in mind. Time is a very critical aspect and uh, of this um, topic of patience. But uh, especially for this portion of Scripture, it mm-hmm. says here, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought to be in, li- in the lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening the coming, and the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies which will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which the righteous righteousness dwells. So what kind of people then, you know, are, 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 should, should we be in response to this? Those who wait, those who show patience. So like, you know, if, if you get a new job and they're giving you a list of your job requirements or, or the, the, the parts, things that will be included in your job, one of the jobs of a Christian is to show patience. Now, remember, we're going to come back to at the end here, like is patience always, or is there a time for patience and time for other things? So like with God, what we're seeing here is that he's very, very patient. And, I, and I, like, let's go through kind of that initial five points there. Um, does Is God right now, is he waiting and remaining in, in the midst of this life? Yes. And is he waiting and remaining in the midst of a whole bunch of sin, suffering, evil, affliction, trials, etc.? Yes. 
And is he doing so without anger, resentment, bitterness, et cetera? Yes. And people say, oh, he gets angry. True. This is where we're going to come up to the anger study that with God, it seems there's a time for patience and a time for anger. Seems like the two really can't go hand in hand, but it seems that the, the time periods of patience are, if we use like a zero to 100, he's patient from zero to 90. Uh, and then the anger comes from 91 to 100. Um, and so, yes, that. And then is he doing it with uh, calmness uh, and peace of mind? Like I got really convicted by the fruit of the spirit, which is the fruit of the spirit is, includes peace and joy and actually patience. Um, and so if the God is spirit, then God embodies those things. So God is always at peace and he's always full of joy. Um, and so even in the midst of him enduring all the suffering, uh, he's full of peace and joy. This was part of the thing that made me change my thoughts on anger. That, so, you know, I've, I've concluded that anger is a tool that he uses toward the end because that's what was necessary at that time. Sure. But up until that point, there is no anger. It's just the calmness, the peace, the joy, the patience, et cetera. And, and that made me start thinking, oh, well, it kind of makes him even better than I thought. You know, like, like okay, he's even gooder. Uh, that he's willing to do that. You know, I think I, I you know, I, I have fantastic parents. I had a great childhood, but if I screwed up, I mean, surprise, surprise, I was a bit of a brat sometimes. Um, you know, they, they'd pull away in anger, but they would always calm down and come back. I always knew they would, they would come back and hug me and kiss me and that kind of deal. And so I always just assumed God was the same way. Well, God's way above any good human. Um, and that was, so it just, it really started changing my understanding of God, my prayer life, you know, all that stuff. Um, anyways, and then and then the fifth point, um, remains strong and steadfast in the midst of, midst of it. Yeah, of course, he's a, he doesn't get weak or decay. So what we see is God is very patient. And yes, the anger brings an asterisk to that, but we'll discuss that in the anger study. This will also come up in the judgment and punishment study. Uh, but for right now, we actually want to lay the groundwork down that his default is that patience because there's purpose in it, there's benefit in it, etc. And so, and then we see from these passages and other ones that he is calling his mature believers to imitate and emulate him and reflect him by being patient. And so it was a combination of, of like, you know, the benefits and also just the, that clear command from God to imitate him. All this stuff just started weighing on me that, that I needed. Cause up until the study, I was like, why would I want to be patient? Right. Um, and then after the study, I'm like, it, it went from, I don't want to be patient to, I don't want to be patient, but I need to be patient and I want to strive on it. Right. Right. Um, so then, so then we, so a couple, a next couple of verses, let's get into the benefits a little bit and we're going to come, we're going to come back to the, all the benefits in the end, but we're going to highlight a couple of verses here. So as we were going through the study, I was like, wow, this is making me rethink things. Um, so I'm going to read two from Proverbs. The first one is Proverbs 16, 32. Uh, and it says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit uh, than he who captures a city. And so I remember the first time I read that, because slow to anger is another phrase for patience. So patience, the, the patient man is better than the mighty man. Um, and the patient man who rules his spirit is better than the one that captures a city. Mm-hmm. When I thought about, you know, if you capture a city, that, that brings a lot of benefit. Because you have all the food and resources that you get. You have the, the walls to protect you. You have all the comforts. Like capturing a city is fantastic. And apparently 
being patient is even more fantastic and has even more benefit to it. Mm-hmm. That, re- that, that was one of the verses from the study that got my attention. Um, the other one from Proverbs is, is a couple chapters later. It's uh, Proverbs 19, 11, uh, and it states, uh, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Hmm. And we've, we've talked about the glory study already. It's that resplendent heaviness. It's weight. It's substance. It's value. So there is a weight. There is a value. There's something substantive to overlooking a transgression uh, and in your discretion to choose to be slow to anger and patient. We also looked up uh, a verse in Romans 5, Romans 5, uh, 3 to 4, and that says, and not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. And so that uh, just really quite clearly for people that are more analytical, it lays out the progression. Uh, We can actually rejoice in bad things happening because we know that when bad things happen, it produces patience. And what patience produces, one of the benefits that comes from it is proven character, which produces hope. And uh, just that Paul really lays that out. Just this leads to this leads to this, and that's just how it is. So this is why I like these unpacking studies, because most of us have heard that verse a ton of times. Um, And it was cool when we heard it. But now that we're actually starting to unpack and we're getting all these different details and nuances and such, we come back to a verse like that, and it has even more weight to it. It's crazy. Uh, And then, Andy, I'm going to make a... um, uh, director's call right in the moment. And we're going to have you read James 1, verses 2 through 25, which is the whole chapter. Go ahead and actually just read verses 2 to 4. Right on. So in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then skip down to verse 12. In verse 12, it goes on to say, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And then verses 19 and 20. Which go on to say, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I mean, I like I'm like these. Like I wish you listeners could go through these unpacking studies. Where like from these four to six weeks, we're just slowly reading through the verses. And 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 you know, when we first we first read, oh, that doesn't mean that. I don't like that. And then we keep coming to other points. And there's amazing discussions, right, in these unpacking studies. And people start bringing up some insights. I didn't think about that. These other verses. And then you just start getting these whammy verses. Like here, blessed is the man that perseveres. Um, and that we should be slow to anger. We should be patient. Um, and because God, because man's anger cannot accomplish God's righteousness. Amen. And, 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 and it's all, I can't, I can't get away from it. And so, and so I realized that, that patience is an unpopular, uncomfortable, difficult, painful thing to do. It is against the grain, but we're commanded and there's benefits to it. Right. I mean, go back to verse two, count it all joy. 
mm-hmm. when we're going through these things that are bad things happening to us. Uh, once again, easier said than done, as Zach was discussing yep. more thoroughly earlier. Yep. Yeah. The next verse and last verse of this section on benefits before we go into kind of the summary towards the end is going to be in the first letter um, of Peter in chapter two, verse 20, which says, for what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. And to note real quick, going back to the yeah. James verse, uh, and not to make light of what we just heard, because obviously endurance is really a, a big component of this. But the, the note I had from this study that we did in the unpacking a few years ago, we actually have only read a handful uh, between the three of us this evening, but there were like 20 or more here from both the Old Testament and New Testament. And a note I had made here was how I found that patience and faith were really lumped together a lot in these scriptures that we went through. Mm-hmm. And that the more um, that uh, patience that we had um, in the sense of like um, the, the response to when we let bad things happen, which is obviously not something that just happens overnight. It's going to be something we have to develop. But the more patience we demonstrate, the more uh, growth of the faith we will have. Man, I'm just thinking about the past year. Both you guys know last year was a little bit rough internally. Just I'm, I am my own worst enemy. And and I can look back at some of the events that I was going through and getting angry and I wasn't showing patience. And I'm like, dang it, I went through this study like a year before that. Actually, that makes a ton of sense. 2016, we go through the patience study. 2017 was rough. Um, but but I'm just sitting here. I'm just shaking my head. Um, I knew that. How quick I we knew, forget. Yep. I knew that I'm supposed to refrain from anger. I knew the benefits of that. It's better than capturing a city. Ah, you know, but this, you know, we're made of dust. So I can't dwell on the past and, and just stay focused on, on this year. But And as um, I'll quickly comment that obviously I just mentioned how it's something we develop. But as you just made very clear, Shannon, that it's something we have to continue to not just develop, but stay on top of and be intentional with or it will go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Yeah, because this idea, we're also talking about perseverance. Mm-hmm. And in order to persevere and be patient, you have to persevere and be patient with yourself as you're patiently persevering. Yes. I just said that yes. like four different ways, but yes. it actually does make sense if you think about it. But no, it, in all seriousness, we tend to say, oh, I messed up. I'm, I'm done. I, I failed. I, I can't. Well, man, I tried. I did try. Mm-hmm. Um, but just this whole concept, we need to keep trying. We need to keep persevering, keep being patient, and we need to be patient with ourselves. Right. We absolutely. need to not beat ourselves up over failures. We need to, uh, and this goes back to how do we respond to our own sin and uh, everything that we talked about there. But just the idea that we actually do need to recognize that we are made of dust. And I love that verse along with you. Just. Um, recognizing who we are in the grand scheme of things because we put ourselves on such a pedestal a lot of times and think that, no, we're supposed to have this all figured out. We're supposed to be perfect, all the rest. And we lose sight of the fact that we're not. And then we get presented with that and we get so discouraged and beat ourselves up. We are our own worst enemy. And it's just really interesting how that cycle puts us so far down from where we need to be, Mm -hmm. but it's so easy to do. This is why I like, you know, because we're, we're shortly we'll get into the judgment punishment episode and then the mercy, compassion, forgiveness episode, the grace episode. And you, when you actually start combining all of it together, mm-hmm. it begins to make it's very complex, but it begins to make make more sense. So 
Go One ahead. other real quick note is you had mentioned the word of failure. I had seen an image last night where if you were to think of a visual aid of a person and if they were able to balance, like let's say, 10 shoeboxes on their heads and on the side of each of those shoeboxes the word fail was there. And we walk around sometimes and uh, we stack on these failures and, and we're just like, ah, you know, rather than using them for something productive, we just kind of can um, allow it to weigh us down. And the second portion of this picture is where I'm going is how these failures, because we're, we're not going to learn this overnight. This is something that even if we do start to develop it and do, um, you know, get to a point where we can uh, more easily be patient in situations, especially depending on our proclivities, we couldn't, that we are all we are all one step away from losing our witness, losing our temper, regardless of how spiritually mature we are. But the second portion of this picture that I want to get to is taking those shoeboxes off, those failures, and, and rather than having them heaped up on top of us, use them to make some steps. I mean, it's the or reality that we're going to fail. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I never heard that. And that's actually kind of cool that I bet you, I think I do that. I put the shoeboxes on top of my head and then I'm trying to balance, you know, not and not fall over. And imagine if someone's like, why don't you put shoes in them? You know, and like, so take yeah. them off your head. That's, that's really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna because that. that's not what the failure is for. The failure is not for you to hold it over your own head. What that's it's really for is to learn from and make it. I like the steps. I think putting shoes in it is good, uh, but just making steps for yourself so you can actually progress and move forward and uh, get higher than where you currently are I just really like that word picture you can really like go with that analogy and so like like a, some parable and so somebody's you know hold, stacking them all on their head and they're, and they're just they're super tense and focused on mm -hmm. those right and then and then you you come across like other people who've done something different so one has made steps out of them they've gotten to the next platform they're trying to get to someone else has stored all their shoes in it so it's still useful someone else do you guys remember in grade school um you'd make those dioramas um, with like clay and other little bits and crafts and you paint some story and it, it was, we always did it in the shoe box so you got someone else just make some dioramas but yeah there's a whole bunch of ways that one can use shoe boxes of failure um, that are much better than just trying to bounce money that's good mm -hmm. I like it so so as we were going through the study and and we started to get to that definition of what patience was uh, you know, the idea in the group was, okay, so I, I, before the study, you know, I didn't, I didn't really like patients. And now that I'm getting to the definition, I like it even less. Hmm. Um, kind of going back to like, you know, there's more to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that was like our initial reaction in the study. But then we were coming across the passages about God is patient. And then, and then we started seeing all the reasons that he's patient. Then we started seeing all the reasons that he wants us to be patient. And then we started seeing all the benefits that come from patience. And we were slowly getting motivated. So then we got to a list of passages where it's flat-out commands that, that followers of God, especially mature followers of God, will be patient. So we're not going to read them here, but, but I do at least want to, to recite the references to them so you can, you can see um, where they are. So Exodus 18.23 Psalm 37, 7, Psalm 40, verse 1, Ezekiel 34, 29, Matthew 18, 26 to 29, John 6, 27, Romans 8, 25, Romans 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 4, 12, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, which is the love passage there, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 6, Galatians 5, 22, Ephesians 4, 2, Ephesians 6, 18, Colossians 1, 11, Colossians 3, 12. Moving into 1 Thessalonians 2, 14, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, 2 Thessalonians 1, 4, 1 Timothy 6, 11, 
2 Timothy 2:24, 2, 2 Timothy 3:10 through 11, 2 Timothy 4:2 through 5, Titus 2:2, 2, 2, Hebrews 11:25 through 27, and Hebrews 12:1 through 7. James 5:7 to 11, 1 Peter 1:23, 1, 2 Peter 1:6, 1, Revelation 1:9, 1, Revelation 2:2 2, 2 to 3, Revelation 2:19, Revelation 13:10, Revelation 14:12. So it was just, it was really cool, coming well, cool and convicting and uncomfortable, <laughs> all right, um, to come across these verses that it really was a shift for me of, man, I can't just give lip service. Well, I can't do patience in the hollow way you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right? And I can't give lip service to the fact that I'm supposed to be patient. I actually really need to pursue this. Now that's, you know, like, like, well, Andy, you got both easier said than done. And we'll get a little bit into that as as far as how that is carried out. Um, Actually, we'll do that now. So, so at this point, we're kind of hoping that you've come to the same conclusion that we've come to uh, of like what actually patience is and that it is commanded Mm -hmm. and that it is beneficial and that it is super difficult. And it is, I love the against the grain. I'm going to keep coming back to that. Um, if you're not there, that's fine, right? This is, you know, uh, an hour uh, podcast or, or whatever, a little more, by the way. Um, but when you get there, go ahead and listen to the rest of the episode, right? Um, but but when you, when at some point when you actually, you know what, I need to pursue patience. Um, come back to this point and... Um, and then and we and, and listen to kind of the the how and some of the nuances etc. Because um, we're we're gonna get into uh, the fight flight persevere. Um, so so another thing I'll say before before we do that, um, you know you guys know in the seven stage journey and the water walking it's references I use all the time mm-hmm. and how and the different water walking and on the water there's the different training areas and so it, it was let me think about this. I think it was probably, I don't want to say this, but it was probably four years ago that I realized, no, oh, yeah, you're probably four, that I needed to learn patience. And then it was, it was the study two, that was like four years ago I learned I needed to do it. The study two years ago that helped me understand it better. So anyways, I've been in that water walking area for four years. And what do I usually say? That if one is being intentional, it should take norm- normally between three months and three years to master one of the training areas. And it's been four for me. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not done. <laughs> Um, and so I'm realizing Muddy Field from Know They Self, go listen to season two, <laughs> right with that, mm-hmm. or season one, Muddy Field Lens. Yeah, and season two from Know They Self. Yeah, both, yeah. And um, I think it's a Muddy Field of mine, so it's going to take me a lot longer. Plus, I haven't been intentional that entire time. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, keep at it, Shannon. Um, <laughs> all right, so so now we want to touch a little bit on the flight, fight, persevere. You know, we, we, we did this lens in season one, but it really comes into play here again. And and, the, and this helps, by the way. So that, this, this will help us with this question of one must one be patient 100% of the time? Yeah, I think I have my answer now. Anyways, so the what the flight, fight, persevere lens is, is that in any given situation, uh, any, any, any given difficult situation, there tends to actually be four options. So if, if you watch a Discovery Channel, uh, it tells you there's two, right? Fight or flight. So animals, and when faced with, with a trial of some sort of danger, they will either flee and run away and escape the bad, or they will actually try to fight it and defeat the bad. Now, it's implied there's a third one, which is just to roll over and die, right, and, yeah. and, and be defeated. And, and they would say, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do, do the fight or flee. What we realized with Scripture was also God would say, yes, never roll over and die, never be defeated. That's also not really an option. Mm-hmm. And yes, fight 
is an option and yes, flee is an option. But then we found there was another one, persevere. And so it comes back to this whole patience thing. Um, and so we always like to kind of give definitions of, of those terms when we use them. So what does it mean um, for flight or to flee in, 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 this, in, this, in this context? It means to leave or avoid or escape the bad situation. So this, the, the bad that's happening actually still continues to happen, but you're no longer around it. Mm-hmm. To fight means to stay there in the midst of the bad, but not let it happen to you. It's, it's to resist it and to exert some effort or force to change or improve those circumstances. It's to overcome and defeat whatever the cause of the bad is. Uh, and so then given that, you have persevere, which means to remain in the situation, like, fl- uh, like fighting, but not, um, not trying to resist it or defeat it or change it, overcome it, rather letting the Lord change and improve you in the midst of it until he chooses to change those circumstances or, or the situation revolves itself. There's, there's a timing. Because, by the way, there's a timing with patience. It wouldn't be that you have to remain patient indefinitely in some situation, hmm. but it would be that you, definitely, you, you need to remain patient initially for some time, and that, that, that's a whole lot more to that. But anyways, so those, those are um, the, the, the terminology. And so a lot of this came from, some of this stuff came from Richard Foster. So Zach, go ahead and make some comments on that. Yeah, so uh, as you were just saying, Richard Foster in his book, A Celebration of Discipline. And one of the main things that really stuck out reading through that is he sees perseverance as a service to others. And so you have to have a proper attitude of humble service in order to actually do this well. And so what is that? I just thought of that, that it's a service to others, which goes back to it's the love uh, and patience that transforms somebody over time Hmm. and that God's uh, patience leads to repentance. So that's another, well, it's not a new one, but it's a a reiteration that that by you being patient and persevering, you're actually, that's convicting, you're providing a service to others by giving them some time to actually change. Yeah, because love is patient. Like it... And yeah. this is what you talk about, where all of these different things just fit together so well, uh, like it's love hard and patience and all these different things that it's really hard to say, yeah, you know, I just don't really feel like subscribing to that. Regardless. Um, so what does that whole attitude really look like? Well, it means that we need to uh, condescend to, uh, which what I mean by that is to waive the privileges of rank or uh, lower yourself humbly or compassionately to another person. And you need to uh, do that to the weakness and infirmities of our fellow creatures. So the people around us, we need to recognize where they are and we need to basically get off our high horse and come down and meet people where they're at. This is that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So what Foster's saying is, is if somebody's hurting you, they're low and weak and, and something's mm-hmm. going on. And so part of that perseverance is you lower themself, you lower yourself down to their level, to their weakness, mm-hmm. their infirmity, their hurt. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how you're really serving others. That's just that whole idea here. And when you actually get to their level, what you need to be doing is you need to bear their burdens and you need to weep in their tragedies. And so we talked about this in grieving, just the importance of presence, being with people. Um, that that doesn't mean that you're going to have all the things to say and uh, there's some script you need to follow. No, just literally be with them, bear their burdens, weep with them. Th- that's that's it. That's not, uh, that really is, uh, an important component of this. Also, we need to make sure that we're forgiving their sins 
and we need to cover their frailties. And the idea in that phrase there, cover their frailties, is like to put a roof over their frailties to protect them from the storms of life, mm-hmm. to provide some safety and security for them. And this really does relate back to loving your enemies. If someone sinned against you, then in some sense they've become your enemy. And so just um, humbly serving them, mm-hmm. forgiving them, doing that for them. We also need to love their excellencies and encourage their virtues. We really need to build them up. Uh, and the good things that we do notice, we need to actually say something about it. What about all those people that, that don't have any excellencies or virtues? Uh, that's a great question. Um one of the things that in anyone, regardless of who it is, at the very bare minimum, they have the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't find anything about a person first, uh, I really would encourage you to pray and confess that to the Lord right. uh, and just say, you know, I can't find anything good about this person. And I think that uh, God really has a ability to show you sides of people that you're not able to see. And so uh, that's a complete side note but just recognizing that they actually are at the very least unique and special and should be loved because they're created in the image of god and and for those that are thinking about the verses that talk about we're corrupt in all our ways yeah every aspect of our life is corrupted that doesn't mean there's no presence of good Mm -hmm. and i think that that's an important distinction to bring out because it's really easy to say well i don't have to love them i don't have to care for them because there's nothing good about them well no let's take a step back and look because there is something and i don't think that's just a um unrealistic optimistic viewpoint i think that you really can yeah no matter the person find something good about them and what they're trying to do yep uh also Another component of this is to rejoice in their blessings. I think what what Heap Foster meant by that is as they have blessings in their life, like good things happening to them, Mm -hmm. we should celebrate that for them. Yeah. So as Zach was discussing what, what of course, uh, he was unpacking from Richard J. Foster and, and how we're to have the proper attitude of humble service to best persevere, uh, I'm about to get into um, what that kind of unpacks further to be with regard to this attitude and how we choose to be a servant who endures for the greater good of man, uh, of, of God and man, and uh, what that kind of looks like. Uh, however, before I do that, one thing that keeps pinging out is Philippians 2.5. And that section uh, that Paul is um, writing to the Philippians about talks specifically about Christ's example of humility. And one, uh, Shannon, as you know, we had just um, done my mapping this last mm-hmm. week because I've been going through Know Thyself a second time. Mm-hmm. And how one of the, the beliefs that's through and through of um, my understanding of God at this point in my life, uh, one of those um, bubbles that came out of that mapping was how God requires much of us. And uh, mm. with one uh, subcomponent of that was how attitude is everything and the portion of scripture before i get into unraveling what this attitude looks like uh really comes back to philippians 2 5 for me and and having that attitude of christ here where it says have the mind or attitude among yourselves which is yours in christ jesus who though he was in the form of god did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men this is mm. once again. I have to just come back to easier said than done. Right. Not one of us in this room, as as well as I know Zach and Shannon, uh, can do all of these things. It's impossible, but we strive to. 
because that's that's the goal is to become more Christ-like as we come to whatever end of the journey may be, whenever that will be. So with this, this attitude in which we choose to be a servant who endures for the greater good of God and man, we give up the right to be in charge. We thankfully lay down the terrible burden of always wanting to get our own way. Do we not see that especially in yeah. my three-year-old niece, for example? <laughs> <laughs> it's much more transparent there. Uh, and enjoy the internal freedom that comes with the giving up and forcing our rights. And real quick, I want to touch on that. I, when I first read that, this is from Foster's Celebration of Discipline, which I just love that book. And he says, you know, we have to give up our right to be in charge, but that's thankfully because we're actually we're laying down that terrible burden Amen. of always wanting to get our own way, and instead we get to enjoy the internal freedom that comes with giving up the enforcing of our rights. That's actually kind of contrary to logic, surface logic anyways, but uh, that really hit me like, wait a minute, I need to rethink that. So it's, you know, I, I try to retain control because I feel like that's what's going to give me more freedom or more joy. Actually, it's releasing that desire for control that gives me the freedom and joy, and that was a, that hit me. Right. Another uh, one with this attitude is how we find that, ironically or paradoxically, happiness comes from self-denial more than self-fulfillment. Because this is the plan that God designed, we get the divine nod when we submit, and that is more than enough. Think of uh, those who might struggle with greed. It'll never be enough. You know, denying themselves of that uh, is is difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Another um, aspect of this is how there is a great freedom in voluntarily choosing to be taken advantage of, because then we cannot be manipulated. Who could hurt someone who has freely chosen to be stepped on? I mean, think of how Christ talked about turning the other cheek. Mm-hmm. That's not easily done. Mm-mm. It's not to, that we're a doormat or to be walked all over, but um, there's almost a sense of strength in that, not in the sense of um, being elitist or o- over that person, because this is also talking about being a servant and, and humble. But absolutely, can we do that? We place the burden of justice in Jesus' hands. And in return, he gives us the burden of trust and submission, which we need to come to the startling realization is actually a lighter burden. Thus, turning the other cheek means doing so externally, but not internally. With that in mind, the passages of the Bible now begin to make more sense when they command us to willingly and cheerfully endure sufferings, insults, humiliations, and hardships, also that we may receive God's love, be amazed by it, and pass it on to others. So that was another um, turning point for me that to persevere, you know, turning their cheek, you mentioned, Andy, it's basically, it's to let somebody take advantage of you. If, you know, because like, I remember when I, a couple number of years ago, I was trying to wrestle with, what does this turn the other cheek and go the second mile and stuff mean? And I had friends say, well, it doesn't actually mean that. You know, it doesn't actually mean to be taken advantage of. God would never want you to be taken advantage of. So it has to mean something else. We just need to figure it out. And I'm like, ah, I, don't, I mean, I kind of feel like you're just bringing that to the text. You know, I mean, I get it from a human perspective. So when Foster, I never knew how to explain it. And it was Foster's words that hit me. That, that yes, it doesn't, this part of this perseverance is letting somebody harm you to some extent, letting somebody take advantage of you, but only externally, not right. internally. Amen. Now, I also know as people are listening to this, we always want to go to the most extreme examples to disprove somebody. So people, oh, wait, I'm supposed to let someone torture me, you know, or, or whatever. 
No, because this is flight, fight, persevere. There's other options going on here. Um, but it does seem that there, to some extent, there is a, a letting somebody take advantage of you. But, but, and I got really encouraged by the fact that it was externally, not internally, which goes back to what we were already saying, that, that um, patience and perseverance is you're still remaining strong and you're not getting weakened or decayed through it all. Right. So one of the questions is, okay, then how, how can I remain internally strong and steadfast while my, my outsides are... are um, are being attacked and which makes me think of second Corinthians four though outwardly we're wasting away yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Therefore we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So actually even before the recording perspective, we have to change our perspective um, to help with that. So absolutely. Yeah, so, so then we end up putting together a, a little table um, of trying to understand the difference between being defeated and, and, uh, and persevering because on the outside they look the same. So we talked about how, like, you know, if somebody um, flees, the bad continues, but they're no longer around. If somebody fights, they remain there in the midst of the bad, but they're actually trying to stop and overcome and defeat the bad. If they defeat, they also remain in the bad, but they don't try to fight it, overcome or defeat it, and so they waste away and die. So the persevering initially looks the same as the defeating because you're remaining there and you're, and you're not trying to fight it or overcome it or defeat it. You're actually letting it happen to you. And so on the surface, defeat and persevere look the same, but underneath are actually quite a bit different. And so we have this, this cool chart that kind of explains the difference between the two. So if you're defeated... It's a that's a natural response where if you're persevering, persevering, that's a supernatural response. If you're defeated, you're thinking externally. You're focused more on the negative aspects and the unfairness of the situation. If you're persevering, you're thinking eternally, going in depth regarding the spiritual significance of what is happening. If you're defeated, you're focused on and leaning on self. If you're persevering, you're focused on God and leaning on him. If you're defeated, you've surrendered to the situation. If you're persevering, you've surrendered to God. If you're defeated, a lot of times it's an opportunity to make excuses or complain. Whereas if you're persevering, it's an opportunity to grow. If you're defeated, you've given up. Whereas if you're persevering, you have not given up. Recognizing that in God's world, to not give up does not automatically mean to fight. If you're defeated, you're going to be shutting down. It's a lack of focus. There's no active response normally. If you're persevering, you're going to be intentional, making the most of the situation. If you're defeated, you're going to be vocalizing the negatives. You're going to be much quieter when you're persevering. And if you're defeated, it can result in, in envy or self-pity. Whether persevering, you have the joy, peace, wisdom, strength, and resiliency. So I, I love that, that table um, of, of helping explain. So, and, and kind of what's the point of this, where our takeaway I hope you're listening to, we've actually been building up to this whole idea that patience is letting that bad happen. Mm -hmm. And we know from a human response, people are going to push back on that thing. Yeah. So we want to add this encouraging component to it that you are not being defeated when you let the bad happen, that you're going to be remaining strong in the midst of it. And we still have to get into how to do that. But mm -hmm. And when we go and we look at the narrative of scripture and all of the different verses we saw, what we saw and observed as we looked through is that the default that it really seems that we're supposed to fall back on is perseverance. And so what we need to do in general a lot of times is 
let God be the one that's changing the details and giving us the strength to persevere, which allows him to uh, really just receive the most glory uh, to receive the most glory and him edify us most effectively because he can really use the circumstances. Uh, one of the trite little verses that we hear all the time is that God works all things for good for those who love him. Uh, but that really does relate here that God can use mm -hmm. difficulties that are going on and he can actually with believers use them to transform them into something much more beneficial. And yeah. so that's really what we saw as we went through scripture is that that's actually what we need to be defaulting to. Uh, and real quick, I'm, I'm looking at those notes. So those notes were written years and years and years ago. Um, it's like the bring him glory. And so now we have that, that glory study um, that he, so what we can say now is that this is the kind of thing that uh, allows us to glorify him, hmm. which is to recognize his resplendent heaviness, revel in that, begin to reflect it, and then reveal it. So, so now that I've had those mm -hmm. definitions, it means even something more than that. Yeah. But so, but it's cool what you said there that 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 this patience and perseverance actually edifies you and makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. And a lot of different times we uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but we can have the wrong motivation when we're persevering. Yeah. And so, what we kind of noticed is uh, there's kind of three different levels to perseverance, and since that's the default, we should learn how we should be doing this. And so, uh, and we actually find these in scripture in different yeah. narratives. The first stage is the Jonah stage. And so that is found in Jonah four, one through three, and it's doing, uh, persevering what God wants you to be doing, mm -hmm. but complaining the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go. Uh, I've talked to these people, but I just, I don't want to be here. Just strike it up. come around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm doing this, but I don't want to be doing this. Right. And so that's the Jonah stage. You're just angry, complaining that you're pissy. Yes. Uh, we also see in scripture in the old Testament in Genesis 45, four through eight, um, the Joseph stage. And so Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery, went through all of the different things that many of you have heard of. And what he did is he just accepted it for what it, what it was. He was very stoic. Uh, just, um, this has happened. Uh, God, what you meant for evil, God has used for good. Mm -hmm. Just accepted what happening, what happened and moved on. He wasn't nuts about it. No, but neither was he complaining about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And so just that stoic nature. In Acts 5, we see the last stage, which is the disciple stage. And that's the passage where it talks about um, that they actually counted all joy to be beaten for mm -hmm. Christ. And just all the different things mm -hmm. that the disciples went through in the books, in the book of Acts, that they actually, uh, had gotten to the point where they weren't just, they weren't complaining. They weren't just having it happened and just kind of being stoked. They were actually rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer mm. for Christ. And that's really where we want to be. So th this goes back to that uh, baby step thing. Mm -hmm. So as, as you, as you were listening and, and, you know, maybe God's already been convicting you of this and then you came across this episode and it's all just getting hammered home that he wants you to pursue more patience, perseverance, endurance. Uh, or maybe this was brand new to you, but you're getting convicted, whatever. Um, and, and like, you know what? Yeah, I want to, I, I need to work on this training area. Recognize that baby step as you first start persevering. Because uh, by the way, uh, it's a guarantee that if God's teaching you patience, perseverance, and endurance, 
trials are going to come. Hmm. That's how you learn it, right? Yeah. Um, so some trial comes in and, and you, oh, you know what? I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to flee. I'm going to remain in this. Um, you're probably going to do it in a miserable fashion hmm. uh, and be really upset as you're going through it. But at least, you're, at least you're choosing to remain in it, right? You've started that process. Over time, you can start to get more stoic with it. Uh, and then down the road after that, even more time, you can actually get to the point that you're actually celebrating it. Mm. I'll have to be honest with you. I've never actually reached the disciple stage. Um, I've learned that I, my default was not to persevere. Then my default was to persevere, but in a complaining way. Now my default is, is to persevere, uh, in a stoic way. And I have not yet reached the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the or maybe, um, I th- think you may have even had times and obviously you can speak to this more than I can, but more hopeful. And so yes, maybe like yes. moving past stoic a little bit, more towards hopeful, but not quite rejoicing. Yeah, Would actually, yeah, that's yeah, that'd like, be good. Yeah. yeah, taking the first step. Right yeah, um, and and um, I also want to reiterate kind of what you just said as far as it seems that the default answer for the Christian is to persevere, but there are times mm-hmm. to fight and there are times to flee. So when we did that study, we saw, we saw all the examples, but we definitely saw a lot more persevere than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to tell people is, please don't take away from this that we're telling you, you must always be patient, persevering, enduring of all affliction that always comes to mm-hmm. you. There'll be a time when God says, just flee and get away from it. There'll be a time when he says, I want, actually, I want you and or others to fight it and stop it, right? This would be justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's times that I want you simply to endure it. And there might be a general thing where, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say this, but like the more lighter it is, the more likely you're supposed to persevere. Hmm. And the heavier and more traumatic it is, then it, there's, that that becomes more likely. Maybe you know, I, again, we, this it's di- yeah, it's I can't make a flat statement that. on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna it's gonna vary from person to person, situation to situation, and and you know, and and you have to follow God's discernment on this. So one of the whole mm-hmm. points of flight, fight, persevere is when you're going through a trial. What I usually say is you should just assume from the get go that the answer is persevere until God has told you through Scripture, prayer, fasting, community, whatever, that the answer is that fight or flee. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why, you know, because next episode we're going to get into the righteousness and justice, and that justice is a making of things right. So there's an there's an interesting tension. People people like to make the tension between um, God's mercy and justice. Like God is both loving and but He's also just. But they actually don't have a right understanding of just when they say that. There's hmm. really no tension between love and just. The tension is between patience and justice. Hmm. Because patience is kind of that refraining from enforcing what is due, where righteousness or justice, justice. is the enforcing yeah. of what is due. And so th- this is where the discernment and, and tension can kind of come in there. Anyways, last thing we'll say on the fly, fight, persevere is d- don't forget about, like, so once you get that, the answer, God has told you to fight or flee or persevere, that doesn't mean, like, for example, if, if you hear, um, uh, then what we take from this is Joshua 5. So Joshua and the commander of the Lord's armies, which I think was a Christophany, um, the Lord told Joshua what to do, and that was a fight to conquer and claim the promised land. And then he also told him how to do it. Start with Jericho, get some horns and some good walking shoes, right? So mm-hmm. don't fight in the way you would think hmm. you were supposed to fight. So some practical questions you can ask yourself. So if you're in a tough situation and you're praying through it and you really feel God is telling you to fight, Right, to overcome, to defeat the bad. Ask him, what attitude should I have 
in the process of it. I should be angry. No, you should be fighting in love mm-hmm. with a loving attitude. Uh, and who and where am I supposed to fight? Don't don't just assume the details <laughs> to that. Uh, and then also, what methods um, should I use in this fighting? Because Paul says we don't wage wars; the world does. So so if God is calling you to a fight, don't just assume you can be angry and go you know fight this person in this way. Ask God, you know, so how do I fight in love? Who exactly am I fighting? Because it could be a human, could be an enemy, could be a spiritual, you know, demon. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so those are questions you want to ask yourself. And then when you're called to flee, some questions that you can ask yourself is what attitude do you have right now? Are you complaining? Are you pointing fingers? Like what are the different things that's going on while you're trying to decide this? And then also, if you're called to flee, where are you fleeing to? Are you fleeing now or are you fleeing later? When should you flee? With whom are you going to? What's next? Uh, and just having some of that in mind, those are things to be asking God as you are fleeing. Mm-hmm. And when we're called to persevere, ask God what character trait development is the goal? Uh, what spiritual fruit? I mean, obviously patience for one. Uh, gifts. Okay, do I need to show mercy in this context? Or do I need to have that faith in this moment to persevere? Scriptural focus. Uh, I mentioned um, having the attitude of Christ uh, in Philippians 2.5, etc. What out of all of these are you to be equipped with? And then who should you be leaning on and letting them bear your burdens? Right, coming alongside you. So too often, people don't go to God for direction at all, or if they do, they get the direction, but then don't obey it. Or if they do obey it, it's only partly, whether it's like kind of what you mentioned at the beginning, they're only partly obeying it. So make sure that you've heard all of the, the what and the how um, that God chooses to share with you so you can obey it more fully. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and take all of this and put all this together in kind of a, kind of a summary. Um, so, so given, given everything that we learned, what, what was the, the definition that, that I ended up with? And, you know, when we do these unpackings, we let each person actually word their own definition, um, so they can use the word choice that resonates with them, but everyone still always has basically the same definition, Mm -hmm. just with different wording, because we've all been studying the same notes and discussing it all. Anyways, so here, here's my definition of patience. Patience is choosing to allow and endure any kind of difficult thing, such as suffering, pain, tribulation, persecution, wrongdoing, temptation, sin, etc., remaining internally steadfast and undefeated without anger or complaint, refraining from enforcing what may be do or right in the moment, instead responding with understanding, tolerance, calmness, and acts of love, persevering towards some greater good or benefit, and rejoicing in those coming results. So it's long. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, um, but that, that's that's my uh, final definition that I had, right? Um, what, what do you guys think? Um, I want to say put you on the spot and make you come up with a definition, but, but if you were to say, here's some components I think are included in patience, what would you say? Yeah, I think that's uh, a lot of the components, obviously, you've included in your definition, but it's really important to actually include all of the different components Um, because like I was saying earlier it's easy to just focus in on one and uh, just some of the things that you have here that I really appreciate is the internal being internally steadfast and undefeated Mm -hmm. even though externally it might not look like that Um, having the right mindset not having anger not complaining um, and doing all of this with understanding doing it tolerantly calmly and loving, it's just, I, I really think that love is just so central um, to this and 
to all of the different topics that we end up going through. Um, Because, and I really like that this reason is in here, you're persevering towards some greater good or benefit and just recognizing um, kind of the eternal, internal, external lens that uh, we have to have a long range view of things. We can't just look at what's going on right here, right now. We need to see um, what the end result can actually be and work towards that. And I think that that is really encompassed in here. Yeah. What do you think, Andy? Just, um, I mean, it's, it's said here, but the word specifically is not mentioned in that awesome definition, which is perspective, which we see Mm. as the thread. I mean, it's a critical component. It's, uh, you know, going back to what I read earlier in James one, two, where he's saying, consider it all joy. Okay. Or, uh, Paul in first Thessalonians five eighteen to be thankful in all things. What? That's not something easily done. Even if you are a very spiritually mature person, depending on the circumstances, maybe how much sleep you've had or, uh, you know, just a traumatic event, mm-hmm. we can respond really badly, whether we're lost or found. So it's like that perspective can be so helpful. I mean, we're going to get into obviously in the summary of the benefits and results, but just the, the aspect of how that critical component, uh, I mean, just realizing that whatever suffering that we're enduring or bad thing that we're letting happen won't last forever. That, that, that time issue is very helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think I want to add that, <laughs> that having a proper perspective and e, you know, EIE, right? Eternal, internal, external kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are some things that we can do initially, preemptively, to help us with patience, right? Because that was one of the questions. Well, okay, so yes, I'm being convinced that I need to be more patient, and you know, and yes, there's times I'm supposed to fight, and yes, there's times I'm supposed to flee, but I really can't ignore the repeatedness of mm-hmm. patience and perseverance. So I, I need to give more thought to. It. I need to be more intentional about that. What can I do proactively and preemptively to help? Because in the moment, it can be really difficult, right? Um, So one thing is, you know, this is generic, but commit your way to God, and then more specifically, walking in step with the Spirit. So this is Galatians 5. It says, you know, if you you walk in step with the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh, which includes anger and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, If you walk in step with the Spirit, then you'll actually have fruit that will develop. Love, joy, peace, patience. So walking in step with the Lord over time, um, he's going to develop patience within you. The wisdom of like what it looks like and then the strength to carry it out, etc. And so the question becomes, what does it mean to walk in step with the Lord? I'm still wrapping my mind around mm-hmm. that. But the idea is, uh, again, cliche but true, uh, engaging yourself in Scripture um, prayer that and we, we just did the prayer episode mm-hmm. that two way just communicate communing with and communicating with God um, and uh, and community that you, that you have others that come alongside you with that yeah and also just along that we really need to proactively be trusting in God and resting in Him uh, I think that once we recognize our place and recognize God's place it's a lot easier to actually allow Him. Uh, to orchestrate his story mm-hmm. because he, he is going to. And so just submitting ourselves to that uh, really is helpful. And and if you're wondering, so what does that mean to trust in God? We did the faith trust study. So you can kind of go back and listen to that one and get in the practicality. Because again, cliche, but true, right? Uh, uh, going on with me, letting my heart be transformed, receiving his power and help. Because I, I mean, I think of how, and when we get not all the time, and this is painting with a broad brush, the older we get, 
the more set we can get in our ways if we're not careful. But that's the antithesis of what the Bible calls us to do as far as to continually be transformed. And how, how does that unwrap, uh, unravel love, peace, and joy, understanding and insight, more examples of humility, changed expectations and responsibilities, or tolerance, endurance, patience, and forgiveness. So this, this gets real practical, that list, because I put that in a specific order. Um, this goes back to like the water walking training area analogy. So let's say you decided that, that you, yeah, I need more patient. We've talked about how difficult this is. It may be that God's not even actually calling you to the, that patient training area yet because there's some other training areas that he wants you to go through first, which will equip you and strengthen you. So for example, um, love, peace, and joy. The more love and peace and joy you have in life, the more likely you are to be patient. So if you're not receiving a lot of love or you don't have a lot of peace or joy, you're going to be really going uphill if you're trying to be patient without those things. Yeah. And then that second thing that you said, Andy, was the, the understanding and insight. This is why we do these unpacking studies, you know, these, these uh, podcast recordings is to give people some understanding insight into okay what does this actually mean what are the details the nuances the implications the benefits all that kind of thing and so once you're getting more of that knowledge and wisdom mm -hmm. um, because you know if you're trying to wing it that becomes difficult uh humility comes in a long way and, and we we have not recorded the humility study yet we, we've done the unpacking but um what does it mean to be biblically humble it means to kneel before god in adoration security and submission hmm. and so that kind of goes back to walking with god and, and walking in step with him um and then that change perspectives is andy was your point on perspective or change expectations was your point on perspective that you know what if actually we had this conversation before the recording if one has expectations um that are actually not the best ones um so for example if you have an expectation that you should never be harmed then you're not gonna be patient so there may be some expectations that you have uh, about you or about life or about God that maybe aren't actually totally accurate. And those expectations need to change. Your perspective needs to change. You need to shift views on things, which will then help free you up to appreciate and embrace this patience thing more. Yeah. And uh, just a little saying that I've heard about that is expectation is the root of all heartache. And so mm -hmm. either self heartache, uh, if you're expecting someone else to be doing things, yep. it just... Uh, it's amazing how when we do have that expectation, how when it's not met, immediately it just changes things. And yep. so just recognizing the power expectations have and changing them accordingly is uh, very helpful. And so then and then the changing the responsibilities, you know, I'm responsible to fight every fight. My dad used to tell me, um, son, you need to pick your battles. And I was like, screw that, Dad. I'm fighting them all, you know. And now in my ancient wisdom of 45, I don't hold to that anymore. Dad, Dad, you're right. you got to pick your battles. Um, so changing your responsibilities um, can work too. And so it's all these things that will help you find more tolerance, more forgiveness, which will help you find the patience, the endurance, and the perseverance. Mm -hmm. So as you're going through all of that and you're starting to develop this patience and perseverance and endurance and you come across a difficult situation that God is not telling you to flee and he's not telling you to fight, he's telling you to persevere in, what are some practical things that can help you to, uh, to help you with that? So one, you need to remember that ongoing mindset that, that God is the source of my peace and joy, not circumstances, um, and, that, and that we are made of dust. Secondly, in the moment when the difficulties are happening, we need to remember the benefits that come from being patient. Mm -hmm. It pleases God. It creates harmony with others. It's life to the body. 
It's an ornament of wisdom and strength, and it shows that you are a trustworthy servant. Another would be to release all anger, resentment, angst, frustration, agitation, anxiety, and meaning no complaining, to remain silent. So Paul says, rid yourself of all anger. He says, rid yourself of all bitterness. He says, do everything without complaint. So the, this goes back to that baby step in the, in the pissy Jonah stage. There will be some of that, but that needs to go away if you want to fully persevere. Um, and then, and then so, so now that you're having that right mindset, God is the source of my peace and joy, not my circumstances. I am made of dust. This other person is made of dust. You're reminding yourself of those benefits. You're releasing yourself of that anger, resentment, angst, anxiety, all that kind of thing. Now that's going to equip you better to simply let the bad happen. Refrain from enforcing what is due or right. As you let the bad happen, remain steadfast, remain undefeated while turning the other cheek. Let yourself be taken advantage of externally, but not internally. Uh, Waiting on God's direction, uh, knowing what the time limit is when you can pull away from that. Yeah, and then it's also uh, important to respond to the source of the difficulty with love, compassion, kindness, grace, actually going so far as to bless that person and be gentle. Because a lot of times uh, we forget that, like you've said, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And we forget that they are made of dust. And we respond in a way that hurts them more, which ends up hurting us more. And it just continues the downward spiral that has been started. Yeah. And so responding with love uh, is just so important with all of this. So Jesus says... um Love your enemies, mm-hmm. right? And he says, uh, bless those, or Paul in Romans says, bless those who persecute you. Mm. Bless and do not curse them. So no cursing. Yeah. Um, and by this you'll heap uh, burning coals on their head, which we've talked about. I, I didn't know what that meant. I thought it meant that's the way you get back at yeah. it. Uh, but then it was pointed out to me that the at that time that culture you would you would go to different places in a town and you'd have a bowl in your head. I don't know Andy if you've heard this one, but you, you'd have a bowl. You'd take a bowl and you'd go to some location to get coals, like burning coals, and then you would take them back to your house to uh, keep warm, you know, in the cold season. But a lot of times, you know, so people would, would, would put the coals, you know, in the bowl, and then they put it on their head, kind of balance on their head, not unlike shoeboxes. <laughs> um, but then as you're going home, coals could fall out. So one of the kind, generous things you could do to somebody if you saw that the coals were falling out of their bowl, whether it's on their head or, or they're holding it, but whatever, is that you can um, put some of your coals in their bowl so that they still have enough coals to keep warm. So when he says, you know, bless those who persecute you, and by doing this you'll heap burning coals on their head, hmm. what he's saying is this is how you're useful and kind and serving those that are persecuting you. Still give them coals. And this is how you can have a practical expression of the way that you're supposed to be feeling to them. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just love them in word or uh, in thought, thought, but it's actually the actions that come from that. And along with... uh, Because James says love must be in action and truth. Yeah. Yeah. And along with your enemies, we also want to make sure that we're doing this, especially with the idol, the timid, and the weak around us, that we're uh, recognizing all of this and responding in that way. And here we go. Rejoice in the process and results. Consider it all joy. So um, I always make kind of make fun of alliteration, but then I still use it. 
And so one of the things in my notes when I, when I was when we went through the study and I was summarizing all this, I ended up putting what we just said into five R's. Um, you can also remember like with a hand and, and your five fingers, right? So so if 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 you are are really trying to take seriously to develop more patience in your life, and some trial has come your way, and God says yes, be patient, and persevering in this trial, you could just pull, put your hand in front of you. And pull your th- and hold your thumb up. All right, you know, I need to remind myself and remember and uh, to have this right attitude uh, and think of all these things that, that I've been learning. That will then help me release any anger, bitterness, etc., um, which will then help me refrain from enforcing and trying to fight the wrong, so that I'm then free to respond in love um, to that to that wrongdoer uh, and then knowing that with, with the pinky there I do get to rejoice that there's some really awesome benefits and results that are going to come from that so that may be a little cool uh, trick that, to kind of help you with because a lot of times too you hear you listen to a two-hour episode um, oh it was great but then maybe you were driving you weren't taking notes and so mm-hmm. then a couple weeks later you couldn't remember the details that'd be a cool little mnemonic right uh, yeah. to remember so uh, last part then here is is we, we've already touched on it multiple times but we, we want to reiterate in a clear nice list here what are the benefits and results because this is a sour this is a beneficial good that will make you wince but there are benefits to it so not only are we commanded to show patience so we should take that seriously there are also benefits to it which can help motivate us right so um Remember that that patience is extremely valuable. It's 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 better than power or might or um, or the, the strong man. Mm-hmm. It's better than capturing a city. So for as valuable as capturing a city is, actually showing patience apparently is even more valuable. Um, and it bears tons of fruit. There's a bunch of different things like character and perseverance, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then there's actually some benefits of this for God. Uh, some benefits of when we are persevering. It acknowledges his weight and his glory. So that goes back to the glory episode again. Yeah. Um, but it just really acknowledges that. It also pleases him. It pleases God when we are patient. Uh, and it actually can bring faith, favor with him. He can recognize that we're a trustworthy servant. Uh, and real quick with that, there's a, a verse, we didn't read it tonight, but um, it talks about how if you, um, what is it, like if you like remain patient or whatever when there's just good things going on, no big deal. Oh, I know what it is. If, you, if you're punished justly, hmm. well, of course you should be punished justly, but those that are actually perseverant in the, in, the, in the midst of unfair punishment, God really takes note of that. Yeah. And then it also, uh, his gospel is not hindered. That's another benefit and result that comes from this. I don't remember who it was in this. It may have been Tori in that study, but that was the one that got her where she's like, crap, my impatience can actually hinder the good news of Jesus being delivered. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that was her big takeaway. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, from Romans, what we saw is patience actually brings about repentance. And just uh, the saying we've been saying about um, love is what actually can, cha- yeah. can transform someone. And remember, what is repentance? It's a um, changing one's way of thinking and then changing one's behavior accordingly. So by you being patient to someone else, both of you begin to change the way you're thinking and then changing be- can change behavior accordingly. Amen. You can also see the benefits of patience and perseverance and endurance in the aspect of community. It calms strife. Uh, think of Proverbs uh, 15.1 right off the top of my head. A soft answer turns away wrath. Mm. I mean, we can respond kindly or on the opposite end of that verse, a harsh word stirs up anger. How are we going to respond? Mm. Um, it creates harmony in community. And it also is something that we can um, share in comfort with. 
and then and then per- benefits straight to you. It's life to the body. There, this was a verse in Proverbs, I think, it talks about um, that that being slow to anger, being patient, brings life to the to the body, and that, so that means it's limiting and preventing internal harm. Um, we we mentioned this before that that patience will actually increase your hope and your faith. Patience can also bring about temporal blessings for you because God is pleased. He'll show you favor um, because of that. Um, And patience brings about spiritual maturity. So this goes back to the spiritual maturity study at the beginning of season three that we talked about. This Mm -hmm. is one of the ways to get there. Yeah. And then uh, some of the results that happen, like overarching results that happen for you, is that you can actually be an ornament of wisdom and strength. And I would add in there, you can really show the gospel to other people. Uh, through persevering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also makes you a trustworthy, in-step, holy servant of God, walking worthy of his calling, actually living the way that you are supposed to be living. The uh, the or- ornament one was another. So a lot of times for me, if it's something like this where I didn't really want to do it, it's going to take several points to get my to, to persuade me. So like, you know, God is patient and all these different benefits. And so slowly they started waving me. This was another one of those when I saw that one, that it's an ornament of wisdom and strength. I, I like the idea that people can look at me and say, that's a wise individual and that's a strong individual. But one of the ways that people can see that in me is if I'm patient and perseverant and I let bad happen to me in the moment, remaining undefeated. Amen. And we can also see this in the, in the future, how with eternal life and reigning with God and glory and rewards, as I mentioned earlier when I read over Second Peter 3, uh, 9 and going through that mm-hmm. section. And in fact, from my notes in this particular study two years ago, Shannon had taught us how if you were to unravel hope, having that hope of the future and each letter to represent something that was holding on to positive expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So we did the hope study right at the earlier this season. Go, go back and, and listen to that one. Uh, all right, so let's wrap this up. Um, that's a lot, right, mm-hmm. to chew on. I, I want to reiterate one thing is the importance of embracing the reality and reasons for suffering in this broken prologue, that, that we live in a world that was never intended to not have suffering. There's a purpose to it. You can go back and listen to all those episodes. And so God knew that he wanted the broken prologue with the suffering and the evil because there's reasons for it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he knew that would be really rough for us. And so he came up with that flight, fight, persevere principle. So sometimes he was going to have us escape it. Sometimes he was going to have us defeat it, uh, you know, justice. Other times he was going to have us endure it. Um, and, and so that's part of this tool um, that we have. It's an against the grain tool uh, for, for us believers. And, and scripture and prayer and community are, are cliche but true, so vital to helping you develop uh, this patience. And so we talked about this is a very, very um, difficult, uncomfortable, unpopular concept, but also a very, very powerful and beneficial one. And so you need to begin to, to that, you know, applying the details of the Bible to the details of your life. You need to find practical ways to show that, that patience, that endurance, that perseverance, leaning heavily into God, countering your own natural desires, not letting anger or despair or fear set in, um, embracing strength, not weakness. And it really is a sign of maturity. Um, you know, we, uh, I've said this a bunch of times to me, if I, how do I can, how can I tell if somebody, um, is a mature Christian or not. It's not by how long they've been a Christian Hmm. or what their education background is or how much scripture they know. Uh, To me, how much they love their enemy, how Hmm. patient they are, 
these are the kind of things that actually show me how how mature somebody is. So, what about you guys? Any any thoughts or things that you would like to say as we wrap this up? You know, for for the listener, for yourself, um, just maybe some takeaways that that you guys had uh, from the study or from this discussion tonight. Um, anything. So, yeah. So it could be for you. It could be an encouragement for somebody else. I think for me, one of the things that really stuck out is um, that one of the benefits and results of us actually being patient is that the gospel isn't hindered Um, because this patience is so difficult Mm -hmm. and um, scripture says that the way that the world will know we're believers is by our love. Well, how will they know that we're loving is if we're being patient. Oh, that's so good. And again, that's really easy to say uh, sitting in this nice, comfortable (laughs) chair with, three people that I enjoy being in the company of and ghost uh, and ghost. Um, But it is much, much harder when I'm minorly inconvenienced Mm. when I'm actually inconvenienced and when there's actual trials happening. Um, And so that's just something that I, I want to be aware of that my testimony through these things can actually show people the gospel. And that's how I show them love. And so, uh, like the verse that I read earlier, patience is what God uses to bring people to repentance. Yeah. And so just all of those things coupled together, um, this is something that I need to actually actively be working on. And it has to be active. Because if it... Right. it, it uh, this can't is, it. Yeah, you can't just coast and ha- and be patient. It has to be active and uh, just recognizing the importance of it, I think, really helps motivate me to uh, actually apply it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think I'm more pa- I'm, it's easier for me to be patient with the bigger things than the small things. I think I, I get more impatient with the small things. Andy, what about you? You know, I've had several people um, very near and dear to me over the years of my life tell me some at some points um, kind of a, a thread of don't be too hard on yourself. Um, and there is that. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. That is something we need to be cautious of. But there's a reason why in those contexts, without getting into too many details, was really because um, I was erring on the side of, well, the reason I'm being so hard on myself, like I had mentioned to you previously, Shannon, how my dad always used to say the biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. Yep. And, you know, we're going to fail. This is not something that I'm going to develop uh, until the day I die. It's something I can continually improve on. And on top of that, this last season, regardless of the study and being a part of this podcast, has been the most difficult of my life. And this is something that I've been having to be Mm. very challenged with very practically in my everyday life for the past several months. And um, it's, it's kind of ironic that you asked me to come to this one because I can see going back over these memories in the last several months um, that, for example, my coming out of work, my car was totaled because somebody mm. wasn't paying attention. They were trying to turn around the parking lot and they smashed my car. And, you know, there's multiple aspects of that. It was like, of course, I was glad I wasn't in it, but now I don't have a car. Now, how am I going to get home? Um, uh, the, the money involved, there's multiple. So some of these things depend on the, the level of severity, but yeah. how we react is a choice or attitude to that situation. And I remember uh, a friend had called me the next day after my car got totaled and asked how I was doing because they knew it was uh, going to be a challenge to be patient mm-hmm. and endure that suffering. And uh, just starting to get really um, angry and complain 
which of course is the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. And he said, well, I don't think God let you down last night. And uh, I don't think he's starting today. Mm. So perspective, yep. critical component. Man, that reminds me of the, so the eternal, internal, external, when we did that in season one, we, remember we talked about like ways you can know if you're more eternally rooted or externally rooted. And one of the things that we said was if you're going into detail about all the stuff that you're mad at, Hmm. Um, you're more externally rooted. If you're going into detail of what scripture teaches and how that's affecting you right now, you know, you're more eternally rooted. So in the example there, um, I do remember w- right after it happened a day or two, I saw you and you were telling me about it and you were going into a bit of detail about what exactly happened, what that guy had done, etc. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's going into the details. But, but since then, you've referenced it several times, but as a learning lesson, and you don't give the details anymore. Um, and you're just, you know, so this happened, you know, and so here, here I'm responding with that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, to, 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 and it goes back to that, that little chart that we did, if you're defeated versus undefeated, or, uh, persevering. If you're defeated, you focus more on what's wrong. So it's just kudos to you um, for coming around to, okay, you know what, I don't, I don't need to vent. I don't need to go into all these details about what the wrong was. It was wrong. It happened. Here's how it made me feel. But let me go more into the details you know, of what I should be doing. So right. kudos And that on was that. just one example of many. And oh, it yeah, was the perspective again to where I remember my sister telling me, um, well, you know, as you're looking for a new vehicle, be thankful for what you have and be thankful for that happening because God allowed for it to happen. Yeah. And you're, you're lucky you weren't in the car when it happened. So perspective. Yeah. Buddy of mine, uh, this earlier this year totaled his car in the rain and was really upset. was kind of mad at God. He's like, why is this happening? Et cetera. Well, he ended up getting this really awesome deal on this really awesome car. And you know, there ended up being an, an upgrade from all that. So I also remembered, um, we were supposed to talk about slow to anger. And so I'm just, because we're done now, I'm just gonna say this real quick. When we did this, this was in the anger state, so this will come back and then. But in the slow to anger, there's kind of two ways to look at it. One is so like using that zero to one hundred, where so if, if slow to anger and patience is to be used interchangeably, one should be patient and slow to anger from zero to ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, for humans, longer, but but for God, from zero to ninety, and then he uses anger from that ninety-one to one hundred, you know, to, to get the point across. Um, and so we had discussed. Does slow to anger, does it mean that you're actually are angry, but you're just not acting on it during that hmm. time or there's no anger at all? Hmm. And we kept going back and forth. We didn't know exactly how to answer that. Um, I think the more traditional answer is that, well, God's angry the entire time, but from zero to 90, he's just holding it down and not acting on it. And then he acts on it at 91. But I think given this patient study, I think there's probably a stronger argument for it. There was no anger during that time and then boom it comes and it's severe and intense you know when we use it so that's, i'll just say about that so let's finish with the, the question that we kind of referenced a, a number of times i just want your guys's opinion um what do you think should one be patient uh, so clearly it's a commandment right and repeat it again and again in. Mm-hmm. are we supposed to be patient 100 percent of the time Wait, so just just your honest answer what do you think um my honest answer as I think about it, it almost sounds like a cop-out, but I, I almost think what we should be doing, because it doesn't say how long we're supposed to be patient for. Right. And so I, I almost think that initially we do need to be patient 100% of the time, but then the question is, does that patience need to 
um, mm. turn into a longer perseverance or is it just you're initially patient and then you move on to something else? Yep. And so that kind of is both. But um, I, I do think that there are initially. some commands or many different commands of you need to be patient. And then the question just becomes, how long do I need to be patient for? Right. Okay. Right. I immediately went back to Galatians um, and the fruit of the spirit in 523 and how and 22 and 23, you know, it's one of them. So we're obviously going to aspire to have those and, and the totality of them. But what's the likelihood of that? Yeah. Uh, however, I'm still supposed to strive for that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not always going to be in situations where I'm going to have to. But I know that when I do, if I do it correctly, I'm going to grow in my faith and character because of doing it the right way. Yeah. And um, yeah, once again, almost leaning towards the benefits again. But yeah, 100% of the time, we're supposed to be ready to be patient. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I think I, I like both. Of those and I would agree with both of you. It seems that we should strive to make patience our default, which is going to take a long time. But we should strive to make patience our default and then let God in the moment as an exception where the patience ends or the patience lays aside and in comes the justice or the fight, you know, or whatever. Um so will it, well, will it be 100% of the time? No, because <laughs> I'm already 45 years. I gave a whole bunch of examples where it wasn't. But yeah, so we should strive to make that the default, and that should just be the ongoing default, mm-hmm. knowing that there will be times when maybe something's coming on that, that changes that a bit. Yeah. So, so that's it. That's, that's the study. I had predicted, it was a shorter uh, outline, so I had predicted 56 minutes. Um, and it's been two hours and 11 minutes. So I was wrong again. I think I, I'm just going to stop predicting. Um, anyways, but I think, you know, it's good to you know, sort of two hour thing on patience. That makes sense now in hindsight, but, um, so that's it. So if, you know, if you have any questions or objections or whatever, feel free to contact us. You can go to the website, rekindlingministries.org. You can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com and we can engage, you know, engage in that more. Uh, I want to encourage you. We recognize this is a super difficult thing, but this is, and it is against the grain, but it is a very powerful and beneficial thing. So we hope that you can begin to, you know, get more joy, more peace, change your perspective and expectations, all these things um, to develop more patience in your life. Cause it really is a win, win, win for God, you and, and others. Um, and so we're going to sign off with that. Our next episode is going to be on righteousness and justice, which is that making of things right. So actually they, they play really well together. So you'll want to tune in for that one uh, to hear what all that is. So Andy, thanks again for being a part of this. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you guys next time.